I'm going to ask you uh, to turn with me uh, to 1 Kings, the 18th chapter. That'll be our jumping off point. 1 Kings, 18th chapter. And we'll look at a familiar passage of scripture that is quoted quite often. Uh, and as we talk about today, making the right choice, uh, making the right choice. Um, I don't know about you, but I, when I look back over my life, there are some decisions that I wish I could have back. Am I the only one in that, in that category? As a matter of fact, I don't have to look way back years ago. I can look in recent history and see there are some decisions that I've made that were not maybe the best quality decisions. Amen. And so, uh, you know, as we've been talking about um, uh, as a church body, learning how to connect with each other, learn how to submit to the discipleship training process, learning how to discover our spiritual gift and let that spiritual gift uh, be utilized to to bless others. And, and, and so that that that. That means that we're going to have to interface with other people. But sometimes we are hesitant about doing that because of our decisioning and the decisioning that other people make that cause us to be a little bit skittish, that cause us to be a little bit untrustworthy. So if we're going to embrace authentic community, if we're going to embrace being able to connect with other believers so that they can draw strength from us and we can draw strength from them, then I think it'd be good for us to learn how to make right choices so that we're going to see that our choices begin to define us. Can I get a witness? So if our choices define us, then maybe somebody is not willing to connect with, with me or connect with you because you make a lot of bad choices. And can I get a witness? And if our, if our choices brand us to be a certain way, then we need to change how we make those choices so that we can be more uh, available and, and more uh, uh, conducive to, to have an authentic community with those who are in the church. Can I get a witness? And so we go to 1 Kings, the 18th chapter. The prophet uh, Elijah, God's man, asks a, or makes a statement that is very pointed, but is very uh, clear about what he's talking about. You know the story. We, we, you know this story because we shared with you a few weeks back on this. But I want you to look at this uh, 18th chapter, First King, and um, let's begin our reading at. Well, we're going to read it at verse number 21. Verse number 21 of First Kings. And here, this is right before the showdown at Mount Carmel. Can I get, y'all remember that, right? This is before uh, God said, if you, you know, through his, to his man, if God be God, then you know, let's, let's show it. Let's show it. Let's, let's show up right now at Mount Carmel and see who's really God. Amen? And Baal, whether Baal is God or the, tr- or the, the God of the Hebrews is God, we're going to see right here. So Elijah says something. He says, then the Bible says, then Elijah stood in front of them and said, how much longer will you waver? hobbling between two opinions. If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, then follow him. But the people were what? Completely silent. Let's read it from the King James version of the scripture, verse number 21 from the KJV. Glory to God. It says, and Elijah came unto all the people and said, how long uh, halt you between two opinions? If the Lord be God, Follow him, but if Baal didn't follow him, and the people answered him, "What? Not a word." They didn't say anything. 
Now, what, what, what Elijah was trying to get them to do is, is make a choice. Make a choice. Hopefully, make the right choice. But what he's telling you, make a choice. If God, who, who delivered you, is God, to serve him. If Baal is true God, then you serve him. But we're going to put it to the test. And y'all know the rest of that story, how it was that the altar burned up when Elijah called down fire from heaven. But again, I want to talk about today making the right choice. Amen. Making the right choice. Everybody say making the right choice. In the outline I gave you, we talked about the fact that uh, there's a problem that we have because decision making uh, is sometimes can be difficult, especially if you don't have a process for making good quality decisions. Most people wake up and just decide they're going to do something based off of how they feel that day. And how many of you know, and how many of y'all can be a witness that making decisions based on how you feel is not an accurate indicator of a good choice? Can I get a witness? Some of y'all were in bad relationship because you chose a guy based on how you felt about him. Some of y'all were in bad relationship because you chose a woman based on how you felt about her. And feelings are a part of our decision, but they cannot be the sole determining factor on what choices that we make in life. Can I get a witness up in here? How many of y'all feel like quitting work sometimes? Come on, give, let me see your hand. How many of you just feel like, ah, I just don't want to go today? But you get up and you go, why? Because that choice was going to have some what? Consequences. And the mortgage man going to come every month. Wanting his money. Can I get a witness? So, so we cannot make decisions solely based off our emotions. But most of us don't have a process or don't have a system for making good choices or making the right choice. So we all do exactly what we decide to do. We are the sum of our decisions. We are the sum total of all of our decisions. Would y'all agree with that? It, listen, uh, we are each branded by the decisions that we make, whether they are right or wrong decisions. People begin to, to look at you a certain way based on your decisioning. Can I get a witness? Even when you're in your workplace or in your school environment, based on the choices you make, people begin to look at you a certain way. Next thing we said, many believers, unable or unwilling to make wise decisions, ruin their lives and are filled with heartache, strife, in pain. Amen. We have business problems because of bad decisions. We have marriage problems because of bad decisions, not making the right choice. We have uh, uh, children problems. Amen. Moral problems, ethical problems. We have spiritual problems. We have time problems. We have stress problems. We got health problems. We got money problems, 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 problems. And many of those problems can be traced back to us as believers, not really understanding how to make the right choice. Can I get a witness? Elijah, when he faced Ahab and, and, the, and the people of, uh, of, the, of that country, he, 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 he challenged God's people to make the right choice. But now, a significant portion, guys, of the problems that we face, again, can be traced to a poor decision. A decision made by a process that we don't even fully understand ourselves. Some of us just, just decide stuff without having something that guides us in making our decision. Go to Proverbs, the fourth chapter, verse number seven. Very familiar passage of scripture, but I want you guys to see it again for the first time. Uh, we don't understand our decision making process, so therefore we do stuff that just really 
ends up causing us a lot of heartache and pain. And I was, I was reading an article, a guy by the name of Peter Drucker, who's a business analyst in the Harvard Business Review, uh, made a statement regarding he interviewed a lot of executives, uh, high-level executives in, in some of the major five, Fortune 500 country, comp, companies in America. And one of the things that they kept saying over and over again that one of the most important things that they can do as an executive or CEO is to hire the right people. How many of y'all uh, manage people and you would agree with that wholeheartedly? Hiring the right people, right? But even as he, he interviewed these CEOs, uh, he came to the conclusion that none of them really had uh, a foolproof method of making the right choice. As a matter of fact, when he began to look back at the results of his, his interviews, he says, uh, generally, people made uh, the right hiring decision or that knockout decision. They got that guy that they're really getting it done, uh, really meshes well with the, the, the workers, really getting the, the, the product or the service out the door, making great sales and, and making the company move forward. A third of the time, they hired that kind of person. A third of the time, they hired a person who was kind of just in the middle of the road, just kind of mm, so, so average. And then a third of the time, they hired people who just would, did not work out. They were, they were just bad hires. So a third of the time, they made good choices, but two-thirds of the time, it was just either okay or either bad choices. Nobody wants to be just okay, as the AT&T commercial says. Okay, just okay is not okay. God don't want us as believers just to make okay decisions. He wants us to make the right decisions and the right choices. Can I get a witness? So I believe it would be helpful for us if we had a, a model or an example to go by so that we can have a good understanding of how we should make the right choices in life. Can I get a witness up in here? So Proverbs here, fourth chapter, verse number seven says, this. it says, wisdom is the principle Thing. Watch this. Therefore, get what? Wisdom. How many of you know wisdom and God's word are one and the same? Wisdom is the principal thing. So if God's word and wisdom are one and the same, then if I don't have God's word, then a good chance is I'm going to be walking in wisdom. As a matter of fact, I'm not going to walk in wisdom because wisdom is the word of God. For a Christian, can I get a witness? Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get what? Wisdom. And with all thy getting, get some what? Get some understanding, understanding. So if I don't have understanding about how to make right choices, there's a good chance that I'm going to make a bunch of bad choices. And when I make bad choices, I have what? Problems, problems, and more problems. Everybody say problems, problems, and no problem, more problems. <laughs> because, because if I don't have a system, if I don't have a defined way of determining how I'm going to make a choice, if I just do it based off my cultural heritage, if I do it based on how I feel, I'm going to be in a whole bunch of trouble, which y'all agree with me. So, so look, look at the next part of the outline. I'm going to just share it with you right quick. We're going to look at Jesus, our example, because he's the one who teaches us how to make right choices. He's the one who teaches us how to be a good decision maker. Can I get a witness? So we said there are, uh, there, there's a distinction between a priority decision and a moral decision. Everybody say priority. And moral. Now, aside from minor decisions, like whether or not you're going to, you know, fry, want bacon or sausage with your scrambled eggs, uh, decisions tend to be either priority or moral decisions. Let's look at it right quick. What is a prior decision? Prior decision are choices between right and right. 
there are some times where you have choices between right and right. Right? <laughs> In other words, sometimes it's not wrong either way. It's just what's your priority? Can I get a witness? In other words, two or more choices can be made, either of which would be morally right. They represent our choices about how to allocate our time and our resources, our money, and those type things. So it, it could be it, it could be right. Say for instance, take for instance this example. Let, let me think about this for a second. Deciding whether or not, guys, to take your wife to dinner or go play ball with the fellas at the gym is a priority decision. Would y'all agree? Uh, y'all didn't hear me. Guys, deciding whether or not to take your wife to dinner or go play ball with the fellas at the gym is a priority decision. Because in and of itself, going playing ball with the fellas is not morally wrong. Can I get a witness? You go, Nate, go with some exercise, get a chance to bond with some brothers. That's cool. And neither is it wrong to take your wife to dinner. But I guess, but I, I would dare say that you will understand pretty soon when you come back home that you made the wrong priority decision. Can I get somebody? Ain't wrong to go play ball, but that's a priority decision, a decision between right and right. Working on Saturday mornings is not wrong, uh, but you may have a choice between working on Saturday mornings or spending time with your family. That's a priority choice, okay? How about investing in the stock market versus putting all your money in a bank certificate of deposit where it's safe, there's no risk. Okay, nothing wrong with investing in the stock market. Okay, and there's nothing wrong with putting your money in the bank certificate of deposit and get 1.5% if that's your risk tolerance. Neither one of them is wrong, but, but it's a priority. What's your priority? If my priority is, is to maximize my income and to maximize the growth of my money, because I want my money to do what? Make some money. If I want my money to make some money, sticking in the bank CD uh, with the race they're playing right now ain't going to pay me as much money as it would if I properly invested in a good growth mutual fund. Can I get any investors in the house to agree with me? If you don't know what I'm talking about, that's a problem, okay? But, 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 but it's a choice. It's a priority decision. Those we make all day long, priority decisions. But the important thing in making a priority decision is to be wise, all right? To choose between good, better, and best. And all the time we can have, it's a good outcome, it could be a better outcome, and what may be the best outcome? That's a priority decision. But the second type of decision or choice that we make is a moral decision. Everybody say moral decision. Moral decisions are choices between right and wrong. Now, priority decisions are choices between what? Right and right. But a moral decision is a is a choice between right and wrong. There is the morally correct choice and the morally wrong choice. To make the wrong choice is sin. Everybody said again, to make the wrong choice in a moral decision is sin. All right, say for instance, you work in the place of business and you overcharge a customer. The decision to not to report that overcharge uh, to that customer is a moral choice because you knew that was wrong to overcharge them, but you didn't say anything because it padded your account as far as the sales goals are concerned. Everybody say that's sin. That's sin. Say it again. Say that's sin. that's sin. 
All right. The decision to to listen to this one. The decision to park in the handicapped parking spot when you're not handicapped. Hello. Are you not carrying somebody who's handicapped? But because you carry somebody who's handicapped, you got one of those temporary handicapped stickers. Hello, Saint. And now you put that in the mirror because sometimes you're carrying your grandmama or the handicapped child, but today, today you're not. You just want to park close. So you put the what? Sticker in the window, get out your car, and walk up into the store. How many know that's a morally wrong choice? See, some of y'all don't agree with me, do you, huh? Well, guess what? Handicapped uh, or, or physically impaired parking spots are for those who are what? Physically impaired. So when you roll up in there, even though you got a temporary sticker because you carry somebody sometimes. See, I see we got some work to do, don't we? We got some work to do up in EBC because making the right choice sometimes is conditional for us. But you know, amen? <laughs> Marera's laughing because we've had the, the discussion from time to time, amen? And, and, and what I, what I, here's, here's what I've learned, guys. We need to be so in tune with God and what's morally right and correct that even if it's convenient, I don't care. I, I pull up there and they got 10 handicapped parking spots right there and ain't nobody parked there. And I'm just going in to get the pickup order. Guess what I got to do? Park in the right spot. I can see some of y'all right now looking at me because some of y'all just is guilty sin. <laughs> Say, forgive me, Jesus. Whether or not to engage in mental adultery with that young lady at work is a moral decision, a moral choice. You go in and, t and say, how are you doing today? She says, fine. And then you say something, yes, yeah, sure is. <laughs> Finer than wine. Come on. And then you put something on, yes, Lord. <laughs> yes, Lord, to that comment. Everybody say, moral decision. Guys, we have to learn how to make right choices because wrong choices are killing the body of Christ. Wrong choices and not having a system for guiding how we make a choice is killing the body of Christ. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom on making choices. And in all thy getting, get some understanding on how to make right choices. Are y'all still tracking with me today? So we're looking at the outline. So, so Elijah challenged the people to decide who they're going to serve. Who are you going to choose? Is it God or is it going to be Baal? I, I like what Joshua said. Joshua said in one place, as for me and my house, we're going to do what? Serve the Lord. And that should be our mindset. Go over to Matthew, the fourth chapter right quick. Making the right choice. Now, we, one of the things I want you to, to see here as we get into how to not make the wrong decision is a good way to make the right decision. How many of you know learning how not to do something can teach you and coach you on how to do something? So if I learn how to not make the wrong decision, 
I position myself to what? To make the right decision. Matthew, the fourth chapter, and this is a familiar passage of scripture, but let's see if we can plug some, pluck, pluck some things out of here that will help us to better understand, amen, about making the right choice. Because, listen, why is this important? Because I see it time and time again, even in my own life, in, in the lives of those who I interface with, there are so many times when we make a decision that, 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 that's, uh, that's either uh, a priority decision or a moral decision, and, but it's wrong. Well, let me say, a priority decision, it, it, it's either way. In other words, is you, you can get in trouble for that first example that I gave, even though it wasn't wrong for you to go play ball. You follow me? But a moral decision is what messes us up. And there are certain decisions that sometimes can, can have a, du, a, 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 let me put it, a duality to it. In other words, let's say, for instance, I go to buy a vehicle. All right? I go to buy a vehicle, uh, and I know I have a, sudden, a certain budget amount, right? But for the longest, I've been coveting this luxury vehicle that I've wanted to, uh, that's been my dream car. But my dream car is going to cost me uh, $1,000 a month, but one that would suffice would cost me $600 a month. So because I'm coveting this dream vehicle, even though whether I, whether I drive uh, uh, a Chevy or a Lexus, it don't matter to God. Are you following me? But if I go drive the Lexus or the BMW or, or, or whatever, or the Lamborghini or the Maserati, I've seen some Maseratis around town. I've even, I even saw a Lamborghini rolling through the streets of Shreveport. You don't see very many. But if I, if I decided to go and make uh, the choice uh, that causes my budget to be out of whack, and then now because I've made the $1,000 choice, now I come back and I look at my budget and say I can't tithe. Now that priority decision has become a moral decision because that priority decision caused me to make a moral decision that was incorrect. I started robbing God so I could drive my Lamborghini. Anybody been in the house? Made a choice that calls you now to say I can't obey God. Made a choice that put you in a position to where you were disobeying God. Not that, not that, not that, not, not that the, the, the decision to buy whatever kind of car you want to buy, you know, it's not immorally wrong. Immoral. It's not morally wrong to make that choice, but when that choice results in you making an immoral decision, then now you are out of the will of God. Can they get a witness? Now look at Matthew the fourth chapter right quick. So we don't want we don't want to put ourselves in that position. Matthew the fourth chapter. Knowing how to not make the wrong decision carries as much weight as knowing how to make the right one. As a matter of fact, the best insurance for making the right decision is to know how to not make the wrong decision. Jesus gives us a model of how to not make the wrong decisions, how not to make the wrong choices, but how to make the right choice, the right choice. Go, look with me right quick. You all know the story here. Here we see where Jesus had been fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. Is that right? Uh, and again, this is, you know, would be, I would consider the first decision Jesus had to make whether or not to turn stones into, into, into bread. Amen. It was a, this was actually a decision uh, to rebel against God's plan for his life or not. All right. Because here's what say. Satan is trying to get Jesus to make a choice that would ruin his eternal destiny. 
And that's what he's always trying to do with us. He's trying to get us to make a choice that will disrupt God's purpose and plan for our life. And I'm going to tell you something right now. When we make choices that, that, that are outside the will of God, it can disrupt, amen, God's purpose and plan for our life. Even though God, God, God has it for us, we may not ever get it because we made the wrong choice. Some of y'all sitting there saying, well, Pastor, why won't God just make us do right? Well, God ain't going to make you do right. I, I, I know there's, there's some verses and some songs we just saying, make me right when I make me do right when I won't do wrong. God ain't going to make you do right. Do y'all realize that? If God were to make you do right, then now he would not be God because he made us as free moral agents. He won't make you do right. You got to choose to do right. Can I get a witness? God's not going to make you love your enemies. I know we sing the song, make me love my enemies. He won't make you. You choose to love. That's the problem some of us have. We've been praying, God, make me. God is going to make me because he gave you a will. He wants you to choose this day whom you're going to serve. He wants you to choose this day who you're going to be obedient to, your flesh or to the God who created the heavens and earth, the God who saved you. So if we look at this scenario here, we see Jesus after having fasted. Look at the text says here. He says, then Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. Now watch this. It says this. For 40 days and 40 nights, he had fasted and became what? Very hungry. I think that's very succinct. I think the Bible did not make a mistake when it said very hungry. He had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. He was not just hungry, but he was what? Very hungry. How many of y'all know that when people get very hungry, they'll make some immoral choices? When people get very hungry, they'll do stuff that they wouldn't normally do if they were full. Okay, y'all like y'all know what I'm talking about. Have you ever noticed that sometimes people get hungry, they get real edgy? Their personality changes? Then after they get full, they just, yeah, ain't God good. The Lord is good. Yes, it's a good day the Lord has made. Let's rejoice and be glad. But before that, they, they want to take your head off because they're either hungry or sleepy. So our condition sometimes could cause us to be predisposed to making a wrong choice, an immoral choice. The text says for 40 days and 40 nights he fasted. And became very hungry. Everybody say very hungry. Now again, when we look at this thing, Jesus is giving us a model how to not make the wrong decision, how not to make the wrong choices, but how to make the right choices. Imagine this for a second, okay? Let's go to the next verse. Watch this. During that time, the devil came to him and said, if you are the son of God, tell or command these stones uh, to become loaves of bread. That's what he said, right? Look at what Jesus said. Watch this. But Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. All right. Now, now watch this. Watch this. I, I, I wonder about Satan's mindset here as he comes to Jesus um, to tempt him during this period of time because maybe he thought that Jesus was going to be a sucker like Adam and Eve were a sucker. Y'all, okay. 
maybe maybe uh, uh, he thought Jesus was going to be an easy mark. You know, the easy, a person who's an easy mark is somebody who a con artist can get over on real easy. Are y'all with me today? His first temptation of Jesus, maybe he thought that if, if I come at Jesus like I came at Adam and Eve, I'm going to have some success. His first temptation of Jesus was the same old trick he pulled on Adam and Eve. He tried to entice Jesus with what? Food. Hello? He tried to entice him with food. <laughs> Maybe Satan thought, well, it worked before, it'll work again. But guess what? You're dealing with God in flesh. You're dealing with the Messiah who came to this earth with purpose. Who came to this earth with an eternal plan and destination wrapped up in human flesh. And so he comes at Jesus with food just like he did Adam and Eve, the enticement. You remember in, in Genesis, the Bible said that the, the, the fruit of that tree was, it, it was good, it looked good. It was enticing. And so as a result, they indulged in partaking of that fruit and caused sin in an earth realm. So they approached Jesus, he approached Jesus the very same way, but guess what? We have a different result. Jesus' response gives us the first principle for making the right choice, guys. Amen. He answered, he says, it is written. Now, I've said it time and time again, but I don't want you to miss this. If we don't have a system for making right choices, then we, we put ourselves in a position to more, to more than likely make a wrong choice. As a born-again believer, I have to, at some point in time, learn what's written. If I, as a believer... I'm living, in a, you can be saved and not no word. Y'all know that, right? You can be saved and accept the Christ your personal Savior, but you're not growing in your faith. You're not eating the word of God to the point to where it is changing your thinking. Because we discovered, can I get a witness? In 2 Timothy, the third chapter, go there, guys, right quick. I, think, I believe it's verse number 16. We read it all the time, but I want you to hear it again. 2 Timothy 3, 16. We're going to discover that God, he, he transforms us and gets us positioned by giving us a transformation in our mindset. The text says all scripture is what? Inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our life. Now, it's very interesting to me that the text says to make us realize what's wrong in our life. Because guys, I'm going to tell you, all of us are, 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 are subject to thinking that we're right when we're wrong. All of us are subject to thinking that, okay, this is the right choice, this is the right decision when we're left to ourselves. But he says here in the text, Scripture is inspired by God and it is useful to teach us what is true and to make us Realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. I, I share this all the time. The, the old blue song is loving you is wrong. I don't want to be right. Some people feel that way because they, they, they have such feelings and connections to people that even though they know loving them is wrong, they don't care to be right. So you got to go to the word of God to make them realize that loving that woman ain't right. I said ain't right. Because 
if you're loving that woman or that woman is loving you, married man, or let's go to another song, if it's me and Mrs. Jones, we got a going on. The key point is me and what? Mrs. Jones. So if I got a thing with Mrs. Jones and I'm not married to Mrs. Jones, I need the scripture to make me realize that that ain't right. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. Because guys, I sat down with people, and you have too, who, who really thought they were right and really thought that decision was okay. They didn't realize it was wrong. Guys, when you go directly against what is written, it gives you a, a pattern to, to weed out morally incorrect decisions. But if I don't know what's written, if I don't take the scripture to the heart where it says, Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize it's wrong in life. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. That's what a word would do. It gives us a framework for making right choices. But if I don't, if I don't care to spend any time with the word and in the word, then my ability to have a framework for making right choices is now not there. And so I find myself making decisions or choices that are morally incorrect. Can I get away? Look at verse number 17. Right, look at it. Watch this. It says, God uses it. What is it? The word. It uses scripture to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Amen. So again, as Jesus, we go back to Matthew, the fourth chapter, after he'd been fasting four days and four nights, the Bible says he was very hungry. In other words, he was susceptible to making the wrong decision and the wrong choice if he had not been filled with God's word. Are you listening to me today? Because when you're very hungry, you'll do some stuff. How many, how many of y'all know that, and it's been proven time and time again when people were in places where they were starving or maybe you know, shipwrecked or whatever. How many of you know that you'll eat stuff that you didn't think you would eat when you get very hungry? All of a sudden, You've been, you, you hadn't eaten anything, you're out in the wilderness, in the jungle somewhere, uh, or, or you're in the desert and you see a dead skunk. Oh, y'all, y'all, okay, y'all saying now, nah, okay. All right, get hungry enough. I, I'm, y'all look at me now, now. How many of y'all remember this true story? Where, uh, I think they made a move on this, where this plane had, had, uh, had crashed in the Alps, uh, and People were in, in freezing condition. What haven't found? And what they end up doing? Now, if I would ask you here on Sunday morning, the first Sunday in May, would you eat another person? You're like, no, that's cannibalism. There's no way in the world I would do that if you get hungry enough. I'm just saying. Okay, so now the sermon has officially gotten gross. And you're all around sitting there looking at me like, what in the world? Why would he say that? And he was okay with the skunk because I could say, I ain't eating no skunk. But he gave me a real life example of a decision that was made 
when people became very hungry. So we look at this text. Look, watch this, watch this. So Jesus here responds to Satan back in Matthew 4. Um, verse 3, let's, let's read. Verse 3 says what? During that time, the devil came and said to him, if you're a son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. Next verse says what? But Jesus told him, no, the scripture says people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So we get the first the first principle here uh, of effective decision making. The first principle for making the right choice is to number one, to live by the word of God. You got to you got to start living by the word of God. If I don't live by the word of God, which means that I don't govern my actions and my choices, I don't have a framework for making actions and choices that are based on what the scripture tells me about my life, then I'm going to more than likely make a lot of bad choices or wrong choices or morally incorrect choices or either making priority choices that are not the best choice for me. Because I, I don't, I don't want to, guys, I don't want to just, you know, just, if, if I'm competing, I want to win. I mean, not, you know, if, if, if I'm playing ball, I want to win. Now, I don't want to win so much I'm going to cheat, but I want to win. Some folks will cheat to win. But I want to win. If I'm going to do it, I want to do it my very best. If I'm a pastor, I'm going to do my very best. Can I get a witness? So, so here, we, we, we see it. You know, God, God wants us to, to put ourselves in a position where we can make the right choices. So the first principle is to, to, to be effective in making the right choices, we got to start living by the word of God. Our first step to making good choices and not to make wrong choices is to live by the word of God. So as we said, the word of God, let's go to the next one, okay? Second principle that we're going to see here is, is uh, for good decision and right choices is to, to not put God to a test. And some of us are so guilty of putting God to a test. That example I gave you about the $1,000 card note, $1,200 card note, and then now you want to come to the altar and ask the Lord to make a way somehow. Everybody say that's putting God to the test. Hello? Watch this now. Watch this. Verse 5. Then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple and said, if you are the son of God, jump off for the scripture. Oh, oh. So the devil say, okay, you're going to use words. I'm going to use it too. Are you with me today? He says, you're going to use words. This is, okay, I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to quote scripture too. How many of y'all know the devil knows word? And now he, he, he says, if you're the son of God, jump off. For the scripture says he will order his angels to protect you and they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Okay, watch this now. Now, uh, <laughs> the second thing he says, we got to make a decision. The second principle of decision, decision making is to not put God to a test. Okay. We got to decide whether or not to put God in a position in which he must save us from our own foolish decision. We got to decide that because some stuff is foolish and we make a foolish decision. And now we want to come and ask the Lord to get us out of that foolish decision. Wouldn't it be much better to make the right choice and the right decision based on the, the framework of the word of God that guides our life? So here we see it. Watch. We say Jesus responded. The scripture also say 
You must not test the Lord your God. You must not tempt the Lord your God. You must not jump out in the middle of the highway in front of a truck and say, the Lord is my source and my strength. You must not, and we don't do it right here, but you must not go pick up a poisonous steak and let it bite you and say, the Lord is going to heal me. Hello, somebody. Okay. Watch this. Watch this. So, so when you look at this thing, we are not to test God by putting ourselves in foolish positions which require him to come work a miracle to save us. Satan tempted Jesus to make a decision in which the odds for success were slim unless God intervened. And again, Satan even quoted scripture uh, for his purposes. But Jesus said, it is also written that you should not do this. He said, you must not test the Lord your God. So, so testing the Lord means that, that I make a decision that puts me far out there. And if the Lord don't come through and work a miracle for me, then I'm going to go down sinking. Now, there are times in our life when stuff comes into our life that it that it's going to take a miracle from God or the hand of God to move in a situation, but it shouldn't be because I made a choice to put myself there. And, and many of us make choices all day long, and then we try to test God by coming to the, the Lord. You know that Pastor Adam told me that if I were a giver of offerings and tithes, that you would open the windows of heaven and bless it. But you made a decision that was outside the bounds of God's leading. And you put yourself in a bind and now you're trying to make God come through for you when you knew ahead of time what the right choice was. And people sometimes make those decisions knowing what they've been taught. Because whenever, whenever we sit down and talk, I want to know, do you know what we've been teaching? Do you know what the word of God says? Okay, if you knew that, and I know you knew that, why did you make that choice when you knew what the word of God says? And see, we, we, we want God to come in and, 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 and bind up our bad decisions. But there are times I notice this. You know, God, when, when, we, when we are babies in Christ and when we're young in our faith, God will come through and rescue those times. But when we, when we old and dusted and crusted and we've been here for a long time, we know better. You've been taught better. Then I believe that God will sometimes leave you in a situation so you can learn to do better. I believe God, and I think the scripture can back me up. Because he says, to whom much is given, guess what? Much is required. If you got much word on various issues and you're still making choices that put you in those binds, then I think God going to let you stay there a little bit long because you ain't learned anything. As opposed to someone who's new to the faith, someone who's just came in, someone who's still learning, I can go a little extra mile with them. But some of y'all have been, been, been in this ministry 20 years and still not making better choices and better decisions. You've been in this ministry 25 years and still acting like a baby. I'm not going to burp you and pet you. You don't pet a baby, child. I mean, not. I'm not going to burp you when you've been here 25 years and you ought to know better. I mean, people get mad at stuff that you think. What do you think? What, what, what's, you've been in the same Bible class I've been in. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with you? we got to grow, guys, and we cannot afford to put ourselves in a position where God, amen, where we're trying to get God to come through as a last resort. Now, God is able, 
And, and his, his mercy and grace, I'm telling you, has rescued me many times. But what I'm telling you is, is that at a certain point in time, when you know better, you got to do better. If you know better and don't do better, it ain't going to get better. I, th- I think I like that. Put that on a bumper sticker. If you know better and don't do better, it ain't going to get better. Somebody write that down. You're going to make some money off of that. If you know better and don't do better, it ain't going to get better. <laughs> say it again. Y'all say, say, if you know better and don't do better, it's not going to get better. All right, all right, all right. So, 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 number three, we say what? Yeah, write that one down. And give me some royalties off that, okay? Second principle is to not put God to test. Third principle. First thing we say, we've got to live by the word of God. Second thing we say, what? Not put God to the test. And third is to always worship God and serve him only in your, serve him only in your decision. To worship God and serve him only in your decisions. Everybody say, worship God and serve him only in your decisions. Now guys, one of the things that I think is, is critically important for us to realize is that Jesus set the example for us. Okay? Go to Hebrews 4 and 15. Here's, what, here's, what, here's why we can have some confidence because we have a high priest. Hebrews 4 and 14. 4 and 15, I'm sorry. Hebrews 4 and 15. We have a high priest who understands what it means to have to make quality decisions and choices. Look at what the Bible says about our high priest, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. It says, this high priest of ours, he does what? He understands our weaknesses. So don't you dare talk about, don't nobody know what I'm talking about, what I'm going through. They don't understand how, how much of a struggle it is. You know, I got to fight, and I, I got to fight off temptation. I got to do this, I got to do that. Jesus understands everything you're going through. If the Bible is correct. The Bible says, this high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all of the same testings that we do. Yet he did not sin. So we have a high priest who understands Everything that we're going through, he understands our weakness because he had to make a choice, a decision, amen, to do it God's way. Let's get back to Matthew and wrap this up, okay? So everybody still with me? So the first principle is what? Live by the word of God. In other words, if I'm going to make the right choices, I got to begin governing my life by what I learned in the word of God. Not how I feel. And not what my mom and daddy think, because mom and daddy may be wrong. I got to start living by the word, not just coming to hear the word preached. Because I, you know, I, I, I thank God for each one of y'all in here, but, but you know what? Here's what I discovered. Half the people in here aren't going to even remember what I said. And those who do remember aren't going to reflect on it. And then maybe, maybe 25% will go and take it to heart and go back and look over and, and start meditating and say, well, how does this apply to my life? How can I do life differently? Many are going to leave here and knowing that, that the first principle is, is to live by the word of God, but many are going to go and not establish a, a quiet time to get into the word of God. I, I, know, I know that. Oh, you may do it for two or three days, but then after that, then the word becomes kind of blasé to you. Now, you know, you know, if, if you're going through something, you pick it up. But if you ain't going through nothing, life is, life is, quote, good. And you just keep doing life and you just, you're happy. But the word of God, to live by the word means that every decision that I make, I process it through the word of God. 
The Bible says bring every thought into captivity. How do I do that? How do I bring every thought into captivity? In other words, when I start thinking something, like that man at work, when he asked the lady, how you doing? She says, fine. When the thought came to his mind to say, you sure are fine, something should have captured that thought. The word of God should have rose up in him and said sexual immorality is wrong. So where you're trying to go, don't go there. So instead of saying, yes, you're fine, just say, you're exactly right. It's a good day. Amen. I'm glad that you're doing fine. But you got to bring in the captivity. Because see, what the enemy will have you thinking is, okay, I'm going to start the conversation. I'm going to test it. You ladies know this. Come on. All the women in the house, nod your head or raise your hand if you know this. When a man is trying to push the barrier and test to see how far he can go with you. Let me see your hand. How many of y'all know? How many of y'all know when a man is trying to, trying to see how far he can go? What he does is he drops a little nugget to see if you abide on it. If, if, if when, when, when you told him you were fine and he says, sure is, he started, <laughs> oh, stop, boy. You need to quit. See, right now, what you just told him is, I can push a little further. Can I get a witness? Some of you ladies know how to make them back up. And you don't, and literally, you, you don't have to necessarily be ugly to make him back up. Because maybe he had a bad day. Maybe he lost his mind. All things being, maybe he's a good fellow. He just lost his mind that day. And so you, you say something, you don't laugh at something like that. You kind of, you know, see, if he just lost his mind, he goes, he goes, oh, I ain't going to try that again. But if it's in him, he going to come back again. You gave him a pass the first time. And the next time he come with something like that, you tell me, look, Billy. <laughs> I don't know where Billy came from. But then, look, look, Billy, listen. Would your wife like to know what you just told me? Now, Billy, I gave you a pass last week when you did it. And I know you were testing me because I've been walking with the Lord and I'm, I'm, I'm following along his word. And I know when, 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 when men are trying to test me. So, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you a second chance. I'm not going to call your wife. But if you do it again, she's going to be on speed dial. Yeah, yeah I'm sorry, ma'am. Everybody say, deal with them. All right, so 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 you can't. Even, but now some of y'all sitting there like you. you some of y'all be sitting there like. Y'all, <laughs> uh, yeah, you already quit playing. You know, no, no, stop it. Amen. Because it leads to something that you don't want to lead to. Okay, watch. So, so Jesus responded. The scriptures also say you must not test the Lord your God. Go next verse. Read. Next, the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him the kingdom of the world and all their glory. Watch this. Watch this. I will give it all to you, he said, if you will kneel down and worship me. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him. For the scripture said you must worship the Lord your God and serve only what? Him. Amen. 
The third decision Jesus made, which is whether or not to worship Satan, was the decision to renounce the fatherhood of God and serve other gods. He was not going to do that. See, guys, I'm going to tell you something. When, when he started out, listen to me carefully. When he started out about turning stones into bread, what he was trying to do there was get Jesus to depend on another source other than God. And don't you ever put yourself in a position where you're depending on a source other than God. Amen. And here we see him trying to get him to renounce the fatherhood of God and to serve other God. And so many times, guys, whether we know it or not, we, we jump into this scenario here where we start to serve other gods like money, like position, like power, uh, like, uh, you know, uh, publicity. We, we, we want that for ourselves. And so we got to make sure that, that we don't serve any other God before the God who saved us and delivered us from our sin. Jesus gives us the example of how to make right Choices. Now, there are consequences to choices, right? Every decision we make has consequences. Listen, even when you get forgiven for a decision, a bad decision, God forgives you, but there are still consequences. If I rob a store and then I confess and the Lord burdened my heart and I confess that I robbed the store, guess what? I'm still going to jail, even though God forgave me. And sometimes, guys, we think forgiveness means that we don't have to suffer the consequences of our bad decisions. Every decision we make has a consequence, good or bad. And so just because God forgives you don't mean that there's not a consequence. Y'all remember David, when David made a bad choice and a bad decision to look over at a time when King should have been going to war. He was up on the rooftop chilling and he saw Bathsheba over there bathing. Beautiful woman. Obviously, she was what? Fine. You don't call unfine women to the palace. Come on, y'all. You to study your Bible history know this, that, that the king could get the, 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 the finest in the land. And when they were conquered of the land, they, would bring, they wouldn't bring back nothing that was ugly. They would bring back the finest, even the, the, the young men, the strong men who were, who were, who were, who were stout, who were, who, were, who were built so they could put them in the, in the palace to serve. And they would bring back the women, the, the best looking ones. So at the point he was out there, he was, so him being a warlike king should have been, he was in the wrong place at the wrong time looking at the wrong thing. And he ended up, amen, committing adultery and having a man killed. Now, as a result of that, that, that interaction, there was a baby that was born. Now, David, 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 had, David had asked God to forgive him, but guess what happened? God said, because of your transgression, the child will not live. David, David put on sackcloth and off, and he wailed, and, and, he, and he interceded for God to save his child's life, but the child died as a result of his sin. But David got up after that. He said, listen, I, I, I petitioned the Lord, and when the Lord will, so I'm going to get up, I'm going to dust myself off, I'm going back and serve the Lord. I made a tragic mistake, and there's consequences to my tragic mistake, but I'm going to get back up, and I'm going I'm to point my heart back toward God. Are y'all listening? So even if you made a mistake and made a bad choice, there may be consequences. It may, yeah, you may lose this house, you may lose this vehicle, whatever, you may lose whatever, but guess what? Get back on track with God, and watch God move in your life when you learn how to get back in place with him. Can I get a witness? The consequences always include, as a minimum, spiritual and financial dimensions. 
We make choices. It, it costs us something. Amen. Spiritually and usually financially too. So guys, when we look at these three things, I want you to keep this in mind as I close. Making the right choice. First thing we said was what? For first principle to effective decision making is what? To live by the word of God. You got to know the word of God. You got to, you got to live by it. Not just know it, but live by it. Let it be a, 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 a guidepost for your decision making. If anything is outside what you, the, the principle of God's word, then you don't do it. If God says not to do it and we go into it, we're setting ourselves up for failure. Second thing we said was what? Don't put God to a test. Don't go make a decision that puts you way out there and then expect God to come in and, and rescue you out of your bad decision. There are many times when God will let us do a while because we won't learn anything if he get us out of it. And, and this is the lesson for you parents. Parents, sometimes we hurt our children by getting them out of everything. Some of, y'all, some of, some of, your, some of your, your young adult children aren't grown now because you keep getting them and bailing them out of everything. Usually it's with, it's with money. Now, I'm not saying it's wrong to help your children because I help ours. But what I'm saying is, is that when it comes to a point in time where they will not learn responsibility if you bail them out of every bad decision that they make. And you bail them out of jail every time. They make. Listen, they keep going to jail. They may need to sit there a little while. Because the evidence is they're not getting something because they keep going back. All right. So don't enable your child by rescuing them when they shouldn't, when they're making bad choices. Don't they, they keep putting you to the test and you keep flunking the test. What they what they really want to say is, I want to see if mama loved me enough to teach me the right way. Okay? I don't know if daddy loves me enough to teach me the right way. Love ain't just getting them out of everything. Love is, 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 is teaching them how to do things the right way and let them know that there's consequences for those decisions. And lastly, we said what? Come on. Always worship God and serve him only in your decision. Don't serve the God of, of self by going and buying something because it makes yourself look good, but it puts your family in the bind. Amen. You'd be surprised at how many people make decisions because they look, it's going to make them look good. You went and bought all those clothes and looking good, but Swepco coming to turn the, the electricity off. And here you are in those good-looking clothes, run out there to the man, throwing, light man, light man. <laughs> give me this time, give me time. I got, I'm gonna run down that. <laughs> That's kind of country in it, light man. <laughs> Guys, God loves us, and making the right choices can help us brand ourselves as a child of God. Okay, making the wrong choices can brand out, will, will brand us as somebody who's inconsistent at best and unsaved at worst. Make the right choice. Amen. Give the Lord a hand of praise. God bless you. Jesus.